The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. CTN CIO Talk Network is brought to you by Redmain and BlackBerry. Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello and welcome to this segment on CTN. To learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter and look for the show's hashtag XAAS, which is everything as a service. So our topic today is actually getting ready for XAAS, which is everything as a service. And I have with me Mark Lancy, who's the CIO with Indiana University Health. Hi, Mark. How are you? Good morning, Sanjab. Good morning to you, and uh, so the reason we invited you today, it's a rather interesting topic. Uh, people have been talking about services model forever, uh, I would say quite a few years, and there has been successful implementation, but we wanted to talk about this XAAS, which is a term which was, I guess, started like or was coined four or five years ago, we would say, but then it says everything as a service, which means almost a utopia to someone. We wanted to see if this is uh, uh, an area which... Um, could perhaps help us in today's day and age, which is the age of volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. So the first question for you is, if we are looking at the services models when it originally came out, and as you see today, what do you think are the main business triggers which the world uh, utilized to jump on this bandwagon? Hey, thanks, uh, Sanjo. Hey, before I answer the question, I would like to just note that Indiana University Health is a healthcare delivery organization, and we are headquartered in Indianapolis, Indiana. We have about uh, 14, we have 14 hospitals right now, and more than 2,000 physicians in our network. Uh, so as an entity, uh, we do make use of some of these services, and some of those uh, triggers is ours. Are ours, but I will uh, note that in your question, uh, you did leave the term uh, organization somewhat open to two definitions, and uh, let me talk about one of those definitions in which we could view the organization as the customer or the entity that might be purchasing something as a service, uh, whether you use the broad XAAS or software as a service or infrastructure as a service. I don't think anybody would be surprised to hear that the business triggers for the customer are speed to market, lower upfront cost, and then also the scalability that uh, some of these services offer. So what does that really mean and how do we understand these triggers a little bit? You know, as you had mentioned, uh, this came, uh, the terms started to build over a five to 10 year period. And as we look back over a few years, it's important to remember how frustrated uh, some business leaders had started to become with their information technology organizations as they needed 
new capabilities, new functionality, uh, whether that was existing systems or new systems, or whether that was because some disruptive force outside of their organization. As they tried to discuss things with their information technology organizations, uh, they realized that the desire for those capabilities, the timeframes required, it was just taking too long. In some cases, it was too expensive. And for you know, some organization, the demands of the capital expenditure were greater than what were available. And even once a system was delivered, it sometimes took multiple, oper- uh, multiple iterations of the system or improvements to really get to the true uh, business values. I think a lot of uh, CIOs at the time were caught off guard by the original software-as-a-service vendors who, in some cases, and it was interesting when you, you look back for those individuals who have been in the business for a while, these as-a-service organizations weren't even marketing to the information technology organizations and the CIOs. They were going directly uh, to the business leaders in the organization and selling to them. And business users suddenly found a technology partner that in some ways were offering a faster and less expensive way to automate and scale existing business processes, or in the case of disruption, actually enabling some new business processes that allowed those organizations to deal better with their customers and improve the things that were important to them. I think Salesforce.com is probably the poster child for the early uh, software as a service vendors. And today, I think a lot of people would recognize Workday and the enterprise resource planning space as one of the more recognized names uh, when you talk about software as a service. So when I started the answer to this question, you know, I said, hey, there were uh, two ways to interpret the term organization. Uh, let's look at the second potential definition and maybe re-ask the question, uh, what are the main business triggers that have prompted vendors to adopt service-based models? And the simple and quick answer to that question is higher lifetime customer value. I think without a doubt, uh, vendors are experiencing higher revenue in these service models. But it's more than that. Uh, they're also seeing some reduction in their sales cycles. Uh, they don't have to uh, necessarily wait for an organization's annual planning process to complete before they can come in and uh, make a sale. And they do benefit significantly from an annuity stream, which uh, makes investors very happy. So there are... Um, other benefits to a vendor for a vendor as well, uh, there is the a lower cost of development, assuming that vendor can maintain a single code base and not have to worry about multiple uh, variants for uh, their customers. So I think there have been business triggers on both the customer side of the equation and the vendor side of the equation. And then very well uh, articulated response uh, here. Now, question is, that, okay, whatever the basic triggers were, and we, we saw the obvious approaches to say, okay, these are the lower-hanging fruits. Let's go ahead and, and convert them into a service. And that service doesn't necessarily mean that it's always going to be delivered by a vendor. Because when we talk services-based models, we can internally be vendor to our own organization and just the way you uh, price it, the way you deliver it, the way you measure it. Now, all of that said was also 
somewhat connected to just pure technology for the most part. In some cases, you said support as a service or, 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 or other areas. Now, when we talk about XAAS, this could be, I'm just thinking about, say, a hospital. Now, hospital has patient support or, say, post-acute care support. I would want to say if that can be delivered as a service. Internally, how you enable it through people, process, and technology is something different. But if if uh, an organization could fundamentally be start, we could start seeing it as a number of different type of services that it is supposed to offer, value it is supposed to offer to the customer can be internally sliced and diced and 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 um, I would say in in a cohesive manner delivered as individual services, but working with each other, then that's like uh, a utopia, right? Everything is operational cost. There's very less CapEx. You can measure everything very well. You can charge exactly to the group which consumed it the most. So your whole business could become better. Do you think that's even a possibility? Oh, complex uh, question there and probably a lot behind it. I think the uh, simple answer is yes, it is a possibility, but I think we have to be very conscious of the building blocks to get to that uh, possibility. So you met, mentioned patient care, and you know, let's start there because when you look at the clinicians who have to serve a patient, and certainly for us, uh, that patient is at the center for everything that we do and the outcomes that we produce for those uh, patients are the most important thing uh, for us. But to do that, uh, we have to put technology at the hands of the clinicians who are using it to treat that patient for you know, whatever need that encounter shows at the time. And for us, it doesn't matter whether that solution comes from premise or comes as a service. Uh, what's most important is what does that service have to look like? What kind of response time is required? Uh, what's the functionality? And uh, for us, I like the words that our chief operating officer uses when he talks about the delivery of those services. We want it to be frictionless so that that clinician is spending the most amount of time with that patient as possible. In fact, an individual uh, shared an experience with me the other day, and uh, she happens to be the person who's running a little optimization program in our emergency department, and said that she had to take a family member uh, to the emergency room at another facility because of uh, the location. She was out of state at the time, and said during the entire encounter that that clinician never looked at that family member because their eyes were on the screen for their electronic medical record system the entire time. And as we heard that story and looked at what we're trying to do, you know, certainly that becomes one of the goals as we deliver that service. So for me, it's less about who is delivering and it's more about how. So you talk, talk about this utopic vision and certainly there is a lot of interest from CIOs in general to bring predictability to cost and where we can buy things as a service and uh, we can bring that predictability to the business and meet service levels, then I think we're adding value to that business. 
the equation is not always that simple because going back earlier, I said, hey, there's a value proposition in this for the vendor. As CIOs, we have to make some very conscious decisions every now and then, the degree to which we might be able to host, develop, build differentiating capabilities that is unique to us, satisfy those uh, business needs. But to your point, the utopia is that the business user, in our case, the clinician, is indifferent to who is delivering, but very sensitive to how that service is being delivered. So hopefully that answered many elements of the question there, uh, Sanja, but I want to make sure that I answered all of them. So actually you brought it to 95%. One 5% element is when you mentioned we support the clinician to be able to deliver value. Now, if a customer that is a patient is looking at this whole experience, that's the main entity who we are serving. And even what the, the clinician did, along with many others collectively, is what is seen as the experience or measured or evaluated as experience driven by the patient. So even those other services were kind of almost like a business service bus that everything what you've created is something you can latch on to. And if you have more patients, suddenly it scales then that's what we are calling almost as a services model at a business level versus just an IT level service model. You see where I'm, where I'm going with this? I'm taking it to an abstracted level where the end customer is being offered some value by the business, let that become a service itself, which is measurable, abstracted, and, and very quickly somebody can latch onto. Well, and it's a great point. And we certainly agree, and one of the things that's important to us is the degree to which we can uh, put functionality out to the patient. And so, you know, for example, uh, one of the things that we've done over the past year is work very hard to extend a self-service patient scheduling capability that, you know, by the way, they can do from the same portal in which uh, they can access many components for example, lab results of uh, their uh, medical record. And so that extension of the technology out to the patient, so it's beyond the clinician and patient interaction, is something that's very important to us. We're finding it's very important to uh, the patients. It empowers them uh, to manage their care. And then more importantly, when they have a need, to visit a physician, they can very quickly, in a way that is the most important to them or the most preferable by them, uh, engage us and uh, schedule an appointment. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's try to evaluate if this everything as a services model better position to just manage costs and, and enforce efficiencies or can this actually be something which we can use to deliver top-line growth through innovation? What should be our expectations? And so far, whatever implementations and efforts being made in this regard, what has been the outcome? Let's explore. When we come back, please stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management and Document Sharing Solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, Mark, in this case, what we have seen is most of the initiatives that IT takes on or even business takes on, they want to, of course, run a tight ship, but you can only squeeze so much out of a penny. And in today's day and age, if you don't grow, if you don't innovate, you are doomed. So do you think XAS, everything as a service, at least can be seen as a tool or as a means to an end where it can deliver innovation and it can deliver growth? Well, the simple answer to that is yes. And one of the reasons that I say that is because something that the everything as a service vendors, whether it's software, infrastructure, etc., they've because of the capabilities that they offer, because of the uh, speed to market, uh, they have forced. IT organizations to be far more agile and far less focused on the delivery of information technology for the sake of information technology. And what do I really mean by that? Uh, one of the things that you know, we've certainly seen in the transition of the CIO role over the years is that it's not just a matter of uh, who can find and who can deploy the best technology. It's a matter of, do I understand how to, uh, how sales are driven in an organization? In you know, my organization, uh, do I really understand how to drive a patient experience that wants patients to come to Indiana University Health? Um, how do I uh, create a capability that engages ph- physicians and clinicians allow them to do the things that we want them to do electronically and 
at the same time allow them to best uh, satisfy the patient requirements. So one of the roles that we've taken on is, in some cases, a business process integrator in which we're taking capabilities of the best service providers and the capabilities that we've developed in-house over time and putting them together in a way that allows businesses to execute in a manner that, for us, increases patient satisfaction, increases physician satisfaction and engagement, improves quality, and improves the outcomes for those patients, and doing so in a most cost-effective manner. So I'm not going to be one to say there's one solution fits all, Uh, There should be as rapid a possible migration to everything as a service and away from premise. I think the expectation of today's information technology organization is understand my business, understand the best that is offered by service providers and what you can do best internally, and then help me drive to the business success that I need to drive to. And that's the challenge. So the people who understand the business well, understand the application of technologies, are the ones that are standing out within information technology organizations today. And see, the inherent value in the services model is why people embraced it. Some people went all the way, others did not. What would you say would be the difference because of which, suppose you took your own organization and you had to think that, if, can, I, can I reasonably move towards everything as a service? What areas, in what areas would you go, no problem, it's a no-brainer, others you'll hold back? Yeah, and again, um, probably a difficult equation. Here are the ways that you know, we're starting to look at it. Is uh, taking a hard look at the traditional services that an information technology organization delivers. And let's take uh, one very specific example like auto- office automation. Do we really want to be in the business of hosting that internally? Do we need to, or is that a sufficient econo- uh, a sufficient commodity that we can take that and push that out of house? And the short answer is, hey, don't know that it makes sense to continue to be in that business. And as long as we can get the right value equation on a per user basis, then that's something that we look at. And so the degree to which some of these services are commoditized, and I think that's one of the reasons why information technology organizations are looking at network as a service, communications as a service, those types of things, because starting to appreciate, we don't necessarily have to be in that business. Um, Now, let's look at the other end of the spectrum and say, where does an organization want to differentiate themselves? So if we want to differentiate ourselves on quality and we believe that uh, we can create clinical decision support algorithms that help the physicians in the delivery of care day to day, uh, we may want to do that internally. Uh, We may want to build some uh, data capabilities that uh, we want to preserve to us because the intellectual property is important. That doesn't say that we might not outsource some of the mechanics around the processing of the data, but we want to uh, preserve that to ourselves. 
those are two ends of the spectrum, but I don't think it just ends there because there's going to be partnerships. And for example, we have a partnership with Cerner that provides our electronic medical record system. And we partner very closely with them to, in some cases, work with their capability that is delivered as a service and start to uh, build some special purpose algorithms uh, for our clinicians, start to build some customized workflows in which we're working with the vendor who delivers that capability as a service. So again, no easy answer to this, broad ends of the spectrum, but I do believe that one of the things that you are uh, seeing is driving those commodity services uh, to a more cost-effective provider, bringing predictability out of bringing predictability to cost, and reducing, in some cases, the fluctuation that is natural around equipment replacement that requires significant capital outlays for an organization. So those are some of the dynamics to work with. And then to maybe make one additional you know, refined point, when you look at the data that we work with as an organization, and keep in mind we're affiliated with the Indiana University School of Medicine, the largest school of medicine in the country. And so our data needs may fluctuate. There's a lot of advantages to us to uh, looking at a infrastructure or uh, business intelligence service and being able to take advantage of their ability to rapidly scale based on our data needs. And that way, we're not holding a significant amount of capital uh, in-house, on-premise, that would go underutilized for some period of time. As someone pursues uh, everything as a service model and as a utopic model, but at least they get started, do you think there is a law of diminishing returns that could kick in and, and you could end up overdoing something? or over-engineering your processes or whatever you do as a part of pursuing this everything as a service, and, and that would undermine your whole effort? You know, to me, the important considerations with everything as a service is going back to that value equation that you have with your uh, business partners as an information technology organization. And if you're looking, and I'll use an example from my past in which uh, we had an opportunity to uh, rebuild a customer relationship management system. And multiple paths, one is as a service, and then the other one is a traditional premise-based approach. We got together with our business partners and actually chose the second one, even though the first one may have gotten us to market a little bit faster. But when we looked at the total cost of ownership over time, we felt that we could produce a very comfortable equation in which we could reduce the time that you were taking on a call uh, with an individual, uh, with a client, uh, that we could improve that interaction, that we could improve client satisfaction with the development of that custom build. And over time, long period of time, it would end up being cheaper to run and operate. That's not to say that I have a bias toward premise solution. I'm just saying in one very specific example, it made sense to 
take that development on internally. And over a three-year time period, that paid off very handsomely uh, for that business. That There are going to be a lot of opportunities that land on the other side of the equation. I think the really important thing is the degree to which an organization is going to be encouraged to move everything off-premise is going to be based on the degree to which they're confident that they can price their services and help the business drive the things that are important to them uh, as an information technology organization. Because if you can do that for your uh, business, I think the business is going to be indifferent as to whether it's as a service or uh, whether it's premise-based. Hope that makes sense. Definitely. So, listeners, please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages and talk in the context of healthcare, given Mark comes from that environment, and then there are regulations, right? So, if you talk to a healthcare CIO, they feel that, uh, you know, they could run 100 miles an hour, but their hands are tied behind their back because of many compliance-related regulations or uh, other type of constraints they may face. Do you think uh, everything as a service model can open up the environment or for that or for that matter will they have a challenge in the first place to implement because they are being chained down by these regulations so what does healthcare uh, you know ecosystem has to do for them to be able to leverage everything as a service please stay tuned we'll be right back from the boardroom to you voice america business network Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management and Document Sharing Solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjoe Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, you know, Mark, I've, I've facilitated quite a few sessions globally on, uh, you know, this subject of regulations on one hand and uh, opportunities to grow and innovate on the other. And when we have healthcare CIOs in the room, 
they sometimes feel like they, they, they are kind of tired warriors. Can this everything as a service can become an excuse or a way for them to break the chain and really make the organization grow at the speed and at the, at the quantum level that it deserves? Well, very true. And one of the things that probably important to say right up front is that all organizations, you know, have this responsibility, but when you look at healthcare, the role that we have in the confidentiality, integrity, and availability of the data is just so important. You know, and as a result, organizations have become somewhat risk adverse to anything that is new, anything that allows data to go outside of their four walls and be removed from that protective boundary. That said, nationally it is certainly recognized and among us uh, delivery organizations it's recognized is that there's significant patient benefit to being able to move data across organizational boundaries. And one example here in Indianapolis, uh, we have something called the Indianapolis Health Information Exchange, uh, which is a information exchange for clinical data. And when you are seen at uh, one of the many delivery organizations throughout Indianapolis, uh, your data does get uh, pushed uh, into that repository. And if you present at one of our emergency departments where we might not have a previous record, but there have been records for you submitted to that health information exchange, we can go through a viewer with the appropriate consent and be able to see that information and use that uh, in real time uh, while you're with that emergency room physician. And for us, that helps us drive our mission of providing the best care for that individual at that time. And so this exchange of information and the ability to, in some cases, break down artificial barriers uh, to allow that uh, data to move a little bit more freely is an important part of uh, what we term as interoperability, but very important to us as, uh, as, as healthcare organizations. So in, in this healthcare context, to bring that services-based approach, do you think that would allow you to feel, even though those services could be very well rendered or be, be delivered internally without having this data to go out to third parties? Or they could, but if they are kind of through a secured pipe, can you allay those fears of the, the naysayers or the people who, want, you, you, who feel that, oh, these are regulations, so we should never do anything new, and it'll allow you to build a safe haven, those people are comfortable, and you're able to move the company forward? Yes, great question. And having the advantage of being in the healthcare industry for a few years, one of the things that I've been encouraged by is that there has been a little bit of a shift because... And we used the time frame early in the conversation, five to 10 years in which you know, we've moved from software as a service to everything as a service. I've watched a movement in healthcare in which initially uh, we might have said, hey, because of 
the specific confidentiality, integrity, and availability requirements we have uh, probably are not able to move a lot of data out to the cloud. But we've seen vendors uh, move their information security programs along and become very sensitive to the specific needs of the healthcare industry, both here in the U.S., and abroad, and so being able to guarantee where their data is going to be stored, uh, being able to guarantee that it's segmented from other customers' data. Those have been very important considerations for us as CIOs and our uh, CISOs. And so we've started to take a slightly different look at that equation. Uh, We've taken good old-fashioned security risk management and applied it to those vendors. And when we can contract correctly, uh, when we can uh, put the appropriate terms in place, um, as we look at the probability of failure and cost of failure, so the probability of failure being a breach, the cost of failure being the cost associated with a breach, which we can quantify very discreetly based on a a volume of patient data, uh, we have started to say, hey, we're comfortable with moving uh, data outside of our four walls as long as we understand that equation and that we're comfortable that we can get the contract terms that we need to protect that data. And as I mentioned earlier, there are advantages to it because as we look at healthcare, it's becoming uh, very complex. When we look at the amount of data, especially as we uh, look at uh, genomics and the way that that's expanding, as healthcare organizations, we're not going to be able to store all that data in-house and we're going to need some of the flexibility that service providers offer. Uh, And also, uh, we're going to need, um, in some cases, the analytics that they provide. So we're going through an evaluation of that internally right now and taking a very hard look at the capabilities that we have in-house, the capabilities that some of the service providers offer, and some of those are uh, very specific to healthcare and can be very advantageous for us to meet the goals that we have for our patients and for our clinicians. Talking about readiness check or diagnostic check or seeing if you have the right foundation to even approach this everything as a service model or even a portion of it, what would you put in place as a prerequisite? So I would point to three things as prerequisites. I think first, you have to have a lot of confidence in the combination of your CISO and your CPO, so your chief privacy officer and your uh, chief information security officer and their teams so that uh, you know that they understand this risk equation very well and can work with that. I think, two, uh, the degree to which uh, your enterprise risk management addresses how you calculate that risk equation, uh, how you manage to that risk, and how you work with, in some cases, your cybersecurity insurer. And then the third aspect is your contract management capabilities. And there's probably two parts to that. Uh, First one, 
can I write a good contract and can I put terms in that contract that make me comfortable with the risk equation, probability and cost? And then two, can I manage to that contract? So if I do need to audit, uh, do I know how to go out and audit an organization? Do I know how to solicit from them their risk management program? Those are the types of things that if you've got those three things in place and you have confidence in them, then you can proceed and take a little bit more risk in terms of the volume of uh, data that you move outside of your four walls and the types of uh, processes that you're willing to see supported by the service providers. Would you take a boiling the ocean approach to uh, this everything as a service or would you actually chip away at or build a very, very bite-sized chunks up, bite-sized chunks in terms of how that even gets implemented, and if at all it is going to be the chunk approach, chunking approach, which one would would you say would be the natural top targets? Probably a lot depends on your risk tolerance. You know, I know for us it has been a little bit of an incremental approach as opposed to making a broad-based approach because. We do want to understand the, that very complex equation. How do we move from business value to enabling the processes that deliver it to providing the technology behind it? So <clears throat> it's, it might be simple to say what's best for the patient, what's best for the clinician, what drives the highest quality, the most improved out, uh, outcomes at the lowest and most efficient cost. But everything that goes behind that is very complex. So I don't uh, really think it's an all or nothing. Uh, the one thing that I will uh, reinforce, though, is that for us, as we've looked at these opportunities, it's been very important for us to own all of the data because our ability to use data to gain a better understanding of the patient, to gain a better understanding of how uh, we're driving improved outcomes, and to use that in somewhat of a learning system is very important to the way that we approach all of this. So, again, a lot of complexity to it, and certainly in healthcare, because of some of that complexity, because of some of those requirements on our data, I'm not sure that an all-or-nothing approach is ever going to work, but a nice incremental approach for those organizations that uh, do want that predictability and uh, do want to uh, see the opportunities, especially smaller organizations that uh, some of these uh, service providers offer, uh, I think is very advantageous. You, I, I'd like to go back to your response regarding what does it take, or what's the foundational um, check we have to do, and you mentioned that you, as long as you have the chief privacy officer and the information security officer, we should be good to go. However, I'd like to argue that the business leaders themselves have to, in some form, get involved and or be ready. Otherwise, since, since this is not just a geek problem, right? You're not transforming just the IT. You're, you're transforming the experience to the end customer. So, to what level do you think the business side needs to be brought on board or they just give you the money and say, go do it? Well, I don't know too many business customers who are willing to just give you the money and say, go do it. <laughs> that doesn't happen, right? an important part of the negotiation between you know, organizations. 
here's here's the thing that you know I have found is that what business leaders really want is they want the service. I have not found very many that really care how it is delivered. If you're delivering to them a capability that helps improve what they're trying to do day in and day out, they're not going to care a lot whether it's on-premise or not. They will act like it sometimes because they'll say, hey, I can go buy this from this vendor and they've promised to have it up in 30 days. Well, let's dig into that promise a little bit and let's make sure that you know, we're all comfortable with all aspects of that. But in the end, I don't know that I've found a lot of individuals who really want to uh, tell IT how to do things. What they really want is what they want to serve their patients, to satisfy their customers, to execute their processes uh, more efficiently. That's what's important to them in the end. Let's take a quick break, listeners. And uh, when we come back, uh, Mark, how about we talk uh, comparison of, say, software as a service or other smaller implementations, which then we could, say, roll all of them up into XAAS, which is everything as a service. So if I'm ready as an organization to take on one of those as a service approaches, does it automatically make us qualify to jump on the everything as a service model? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Mark, what, what I mentioned was if, if uh, since almost every company in some form or fashion 
has touched software as a service, infrastructure as a service, platform as a service, or one or more of those. And and there must have been some due diligence, some readiness checks, some foundation building, and some experience around it. Do you think this is just a rolled up version of what they may have tried, or they would have to develop new competencies or new muscle, if you will, to tackle it? Probably a couple of components to that answer. You know, I would say the first one is that and I know, you know, for us, uh, we do this on a consistent basis, is how are you evaluating the success of those service agreements? And are you getting the value that you originally wanted to? And, you know, for some CIOs and some IT organizations, that's just not a question of what they're doing as an organization. It's also what are some of the business areas doing and am I truly optimizing my spend, managing my risk and making the best use of the investment dollar within information technology? So I think that's part of the equation is that what are we doing today? Have we done it well? Do we have a handle on it? Are we managing these contracts effectively? Uh, what's gone well, and what has not gone well. Now, if you have that basis, you can take it to the next step. And again, a lot of organizations already doing this. Hey, what is it that I can further optimize? What has become a commodity that I might be paying too much to manage as a service for my business areas that now I can start uh, taking a look at what might be available as a service and reduce my cost, improve the speed at which I can bring new functionality to the business, and enhance you know, my overall capability. And then doing that in a manner in which, as an organization, you are carving out certain vendor and service relationships that might support your differentiation, and then looking at your organization and saying, these are the things that we need to continue to do because they differentiate ourselves. And if I try to buy the commodity service, I jeopardize that innovation. So that might be a reasonable framework if an organization is looking at it and saying, hey, I've taken a percentage of my services that I'm providing for my business partners and I'm debating as to the degree and the pace at which I might go to everything as a service. That framework of understanding, do I really know how to do this? Can I prove I know how to do this? Am I consistently looking at the cost of my services, the cost of these vendor services? Do I have them as effectively rationalized across an organization you know, as I can? And then um, am I really making decisions about what differentiates my organization and my delivery of information technology uh, to the business units before you know, I make uh, any decisions about everything as a service? If you're looking at uh, the ownership of this whole initiative, would you say this should remain a CIO or, or an ITCXO-centric initiative with just you know, funding-related discussions with the stakeholders, or there should be a joint ownership? Because you're touching the actual end value that, in, that is getting created or uh, delivered to the end customer. So that means business is involved. 
I guess I might have a little bit of a bias on that. And, you know, maybe if you talk to 10 CIOs, you get uh, 10 different opinions. For me, there are very few decisions that an information technology organization or a CIO is somewhat empowered to make unilaterally because, to me, everything that we do enables the business. And because of that, you know, it's very important that uh, those business partners are along for the ride. Sometimes those are easy decisions because I can improve service levels. I can get you more capability than you have today. That's, that's easy to make a decision. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's a little bit, you know, more uh, difficult uh, because people get used to some premise solutions and communications is a good example, but you know, there's opportunities to explore all of it. Uh, I do believe that that governance process around some of these uh, decisions and for us, because we are a healthcare delivery organization, having the relationship with those clinical leaders and those uh, clinicians who use our capabilities and having them at the table with us as we establish strategy, develop operating plans, and then execute on an annual basis. It's hard for us to make any decision without that kind of input. And also, I think it's important for the information technology organizations to get that buy-in and that ownership from those individuals in the business units, uh, units for uh, some of these initiatives, especially those that touch important business process. And for us, anything certainly that we do with our electronic medical record system is uh, going to have uh, clinical input before a decision is made. Talking about leadership, one final question, always the most important. This is not... Uh, like basically a, a very, very convenient way of putting something out there. There has not been as much experience. It's a new territory, in short. Would you say your leadership style could impact the way you would make or break uh, this uh, in terms of an opportunity for you to bring cost efficiencies and growth? Boy, that is a good question. I'm not sure that I have a really great answer for that. You know, to me, uh, this really is about a leadership and understanding the goals of the organization and how information technology best supports it and managing change in an organization is an important part of what we do every day. I think this is just one component of that. And I don't know that you would put a process on top of this in terms of leadership or change management that would be significantly different than uh, what you do with a lot of uh, major initiatives. Uh, to me, a, a lot of it has to do with the people impact. Uh, the people involved in the process has to, have to feel good about it. And uh, one of the things that they have to be very comfortable about are the business drivers that are leading to some of these decisions. And it's an important part of the equation, but to me, it's just goes back to the basics of leadership, um, helping everybody understand the goals 
what we're trying to drive in terms of outcomes, and then communicating that effectively. On behalf of the show and our listeners, really like to thank you, uh, Mark, for sharing your insights about how organizations can use everything as a service to achieve cost efficiency as well as bring growth and innovation to the organization. But we have to tread carefully, perhaps uh, you know, make it chunky, uh, take one chunk at a time and chip away and uh, make this a success. So thank you so much again. Thank you, Sanjab. And listeners, please like us on Facebook, search for CTN, and be sure to follow us on Twitter and join the LinkedIn community. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CTN. This is Sanjog, all your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.